0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Good morning. Uh, let me just open my Apple Mac first. And then uh, I'll attend to you. Now, uh, while the puppets will be... Uh, Talking to you about building a a family, we are going to build a... uh, or help Nehemiah build the wall of protection around each of our families. So the topic is about marriage and family. It's time to rebuild the walls. Nehemiah 2 verse 18 says, So they said, let us arise and build... Then they set their hands to do this good work. And then Malachi 4, verse 5 to 6. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Now here we read the story of a man who was called to rebuild the city walls of Jerusalem, walls that have been torn down and burnt by the enemies. This task was an awesome task, almost impossible one. There were many who opposed Nehemiah, and uh, there were many who ridiculed him, but then there were those who really rallied to rebuild this wall. As you know, the people were placed along the wall in families, each to rebuild their own section so that the city might once more be a safe, be safe and protected and The families faced constant threat on enemy attack of enemy attack in fact, when the wall was halfway up, they would begin holding a weapon in the one hand and working with the other hand. Not only were they Totally devoted to the work of the rebuilding, but they were also fully committed in fighting off the enemy should it become necessary. Now, healthy families are the small building blocks in building a healthy, strong church and a nation. And today the wall of protection afforded by strong families in each of our towns and cities has been destroyed by the enemy. The disintegration of marriage and family through past generations have left us very vulnerable. Now each family must fight its own battles without the corporate protection afforded by a strong wall. But now, my brothers and sisters, the time has come to rebuild the, that wall. And just as in, the, as in the day of Nehemiah, God is appointing and anointing families to rally and restore the safety and security of the homes of our land. In Nehemiah's day, families stood side by side to rebuild each of their appointed posts at their appointed post, doing their portion of the work. Today, it is also true that strong marriages and families bring strength to a town and a city. And the nation. Strong families provide corporate protection for our churches and our cities. Homes that have been broken and in ruin leave our times, uh, our towns and our churches within them wide open and vulnerable to enemy attack. But unfortunately, the leaders of our homes as men have abdicated our position. Because we are so busy trying to make financial ends meet, our homes and the churches have been weakened. Because men are sitting back and women are trying, are the ones trying to build or rebuild the walls of protection. And the church has lost its voice in public and in government. The church should be delivering the annual state of the nation address, and not the president. We should be the voice that gives hope and direction, but we have become a feeble voice. And brothers, it is time for us to wake up. When we use God's Word as our blueprint and these tools, which are scriptural principles, we build a strong, healthy hedge of protection around our marriages and our homes. And our children have a safe place in which to dwell. The wall composed of strong families provides protection. It is the Word of God, the Bible, that provides a blueprint for building that strong wall of protection. The Word of God also provides boundaries, though. And as the standard that provides boundaries is raised, the boundaries it provides are also put in place. But many of us today, we want the protection, but we shun the boundaries. And it's truly a time of each one doing his own thing. Things that look right in his own eyes. And When we do our own thing through either ignorance or self-will, we refuse the boundaries of God's word and consequently lose his protection as well. Now whatever the situation of your marriage and home today, you can be blessed and grow in the Lord through an understanding and application of His blueprint for your marriage and home. Now, Nehemiah 4 verse 14. He encourages the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your spiritual family, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And perhaps not since then has this call to battle been more needed than today. The sound of the trumpet can be heard in the land. And the Lord is saying to us, rebuild. Now there are so many resources available for us today. That's the, there's the marriage prep. Marriage enrichment seminars. Parenting courses. And most important, of course, the Word of God. Now, there are so many things that threaten to break down the walls of protection around our families. And it is amazing how our families are being bombarded by attacks from outside. Let's take an example. Our beloved TV. How our kids are exposed to violence. Sex. Foul language. Blasphemy. You know... Watching the TV, and you're watching especially the young people, I'm not knocking a nation, but if you watch the TV, you watch the young people of America. Their favorite expression when they're excited to do something is, OMG, oh my God. That even their their, uh, pastors just refer to it as OMG. And our young people think it's cool, and you've also started using that for everything that happens, OMG. But it's blasphemy. It's not cool. Then there is divorce, abortion, corruption, wrong friendships, drugs, alcohol abuse, smoking, new age evolution. The list just goes on and on and on. And I truly believe most families do try and guard against all these attacks. And they try and build strong walls of protection around their families. That is the wall outside, but what happens within the walls are often regarded as normal. No, it is not normal, but abnormal, according to God's requirements. And I'm going to discuss a few issues most of us experience in our marriages and families. The first thing I want to do, is just want to discuss shortly three practical steps in love in the home. How do we love one another in marriage? Colossians 3, verse 18 and 19. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Another translation says, and do not be bitter towards them. Remember, men are commanded to love their wives. And not vice versa. So if your wife says to you, I love you, regard that as a bonus. (laughs) And this morning you will notice that I mainly address men. And maybe this is the reason why. Understand? No, I haven't got that time, even if uh, uh, CIS has allocated me two hours I haven't got that time to uh, go into that, and they, that's volume one, and there are nine other such volumes <laughs> so my first point is <clears throat> caring when we get married we owe each other a debt of love the Bible says no one owe no one anything except to love one another. So the only debt that we owe each other is a debt of love. But that love cannot be paid in yearly installments or monthly installments, but daily installments. Everyday small little things that tells your wife that you love her. And to love is not just a feeling. But it is showing it. I've learned that when you're in love, it shows. Romans 5 verse 8. But God showed, demonstrated His great love for us by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You can ask my wife, I am not ashamed to demonstrate my love to her even in public sometimes it would embarrass my children but I still do it because I love her so much the kind of love God is interested in is demonstrated love and if you feel your love for your spouse growing cold go and do those first things that made you excited about your relationship Professor Dobson said the best thing a father can do for his children is to show them that he loves their mother. No matter what the circumstances, whether it's financial problems, sickness, persecution, the world falling apart around us, when there is love in the family, mom and dad will love each other, it brings security. Therefore, the first step in practical love for your partner is Caring. Every day, small little things showing affection. The second point, sharing. Not just sharing what we have, but as in communication. Here again, we men fail dismally. Afrikaans en hy sê, nou dat so reen kon ek niks in die tuin doen nie. Toe gaan ek maar in die die huis in om tv te kyk en daar sien ek die weerlig het my tv uitgeslaan. uitgeslaan. Toe begin ek om my vrou te gesels. Wat die aangename mens. (laughs) And when it is rough going in a marriage, it is also the time when there is a breakdown in communication. No open and clear communication. We give each other the cold shoulder. And, uh, relationships struggle when there is no talking or sharing. And it is a skill that you have to learn to effectively communicate with one another. James 1 verse 19 says, so then, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, to slow to get angry. Verbal simulation is built on communication. That means talking, listening, and understanding. The word communication comes from the Latin word communicare. This word is also the origin of of the English word, common. And it's applicable in this context because we need to become common to each other. We do this by sharing everything about ourselves with one another. We allow our marriage partner to see who we really are by holding nothing back. Be open to share everything. No secrets in marriage. No matter whatever you have done, The one who loves you will never leave you because even if there's a hundred reasons to give up, he will always find one reason to hold on. Now, men and women differ radically when it comes to communication. Women often perceive men's lack of conversation as a bad attitude. And this perception has affected badly on many relationships. When we men start courting a girl, we talk and ask questions and we listen and we explain our dreams, hopes and plans for the future. But once married, most men with their linear uh, thinking brain shift their attention from gaining the one they love to providing for the one that they love. And because he's a practical thinker and wants to be a good husband, his priority is the physical needs of the marriage and family. And for this reason, as misguided as it may be, his career and income becomes the focus of his life. She remembers the man who who courted her and she is wondering where he went. And unless explained to them Men are unaware of the emotional needs of their wives. Brothers, it is natural and instinctive for female to talk. <laughs> After all, uh, we taught them to talk. Let's show that next clip. Now this one, no, no. No, no, there's a... Uh, Who's, who's there? <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a clip. It was I, I got that from the archives. It's about three thousand years old. This photograph. No, 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 no. Not that one. <laughs> no, there's one before that. <laughs> okay. In any case. Uh, so let's talk, ladies. This does exclude nagging. Talking is your gift from God, but nagging is just a bad habit. It's like a dripping faucet. A guy said, he says, I haven't spoken to my wife in 18 months. I don't like to interrupt her. Uh, now, now, women, women are born that way. The verbal part of a, of a woman's brain develops first, whereas the male brain, the visual part, is the first to develop. Now, Bill Clinton said, says, I had some words with my wife. She had some paragraphs for me. <laughs> now, uh, opening our hearts and minds in conversation leads to the dev- development of spiritual nakedness between two people that have become one. There's a biblical example of how we need to communicate with each other. All believers are part of the body of Christ. God says that we are married to Him. And one of the expectations that God places on us is that we should get to know Him intimately. And that should be the relationship goal of every Christian. And this is done through prayer. The purpose of prayer which is just a conversation with God, is to reveal ourselves to God without reservation or constraint. It's no use hiding anything to Him. He knows everything in any case. The promise is that when we reveal ourselves in prayer to God, He would reveal Himself to us through prayer. And we learn to love God for who He is and not for just for what He can do for us. And when we really love someone, we need to make the effort to get to know him or her. Can we really say that we truly love somebody if we do not know him or her? I just want to mention one communication killer. Proverbs 18 verse 13. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. Now here is an accurate statement. Men don't listen. Many wives will agree with me when I say that their husbands will read the newspaper, watch TV, nod their heads, grunt now and then, pick up a word here and there, but will have no idea what his wife had said. When we don't listen carefully to somebody when they speak to us, it gives them the impression that whatever is keeping our attention is more important than what they are. Husbands, brothers, when we communicate, we must be factual, but also with feeling. We are inclined to communicate in headlines, in other words, facts only, without any feeling. But the feeling is only revealed in the fine print, and that is what your wife wants to hear. That is when we share in detail. The wife asks... How was the church this morning? Okay. Who was the preacher? Some old bald-headed guy. What did he preach about? Ah, almost everything. (laughs) But ladies, I just want to give you one tip. This is one thing that you should never, never do. Now you can play that video, my brother. Who's winning the cricket? No, no one. No one is winning. No one is winning the cricket. It's a five-day contest. That's five days of cricket. Multiply that by five because you've got five matches. Sometimes that's 25 plus days of cricket. Could go for a month, right? And even then, could be a draw, which is great. You could have you could have rain delays, right? You could have run-outs. Could have injuries. Okay. Who's winning? India Never try and start a conversation with your husband When his team is losing Whether it's cricket or rugby If his team wins well I'm telling you If his team wins well He will talk to you for hours And you can ask him anything but if his team loses, be tender and understanding and help him overcome his disappointment by blaming it on the ref. Okay. <laughs> now, ladies, help us to share the facts and the feelings. We do not know how to verbalize our feelings. That is why you are called our helpmeet. And, ladies, you must believe this. As men, Our brains, left brain, right brain, are divided into sections or boxes. And men have a section called the nothing box. We think in straight lines, linear, whereas women are wired like spaghetti. eh? What is it that you're thinking about? Penny for your thoughts. Nothing. I wasn't thinking of anything. Impossible. I tell you, it is possible. <laughs> now, another aspect of communication is sh- or sharing is handling conflict. Remember, in every argument, there won't be a winner or a loser. You are partners in everything, so you'll either win together or you will lose together. Rather, work together to find a solution. And when you choose between saying nothing or saying something mean or nasty to your spouse, say nothing every time. Choose to love each other in these moments when you struggle to like each other. Love is a commitment and not a feeling. My brothers, you must be careful. This is good advice. Very valuable piece of advice. They say never approach a bull from the front or approach a donkey from the back. And never approach an angry wife from any direction. (laughs) Now, if a woman listens to you in less than five minutes, then you must know that's your mom. If a woman listens to you in fifteen minutes, she's your sister. If a woman listens to you in thirty minutes, she's your daughter. And ultimately, if a woman pretends to listen to you all the time, but does does not remember a word of what you said, no matter how important, then she is? Then she is? Yes, yes, you're right, you're right. She's deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Why bring wife into this every time? All right. So, number three. It is caring, sharing. And then Colossians 3, verse 12 and 13, New King James says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, Meekness, long-suffering, verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. One of the secrets of any lasting marriage is forgiveness. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8 says, Love never fails. The kind of love that never fails is the love that bears, that verdraalus, it bears all things. All the weaknesses of your spouse, all the inadequacies, godly love bears them all. Forgiveness should be at the very heart of the Christian walk. We have no problem with this concept. It's easy to talk about, but it's so difficult to do, to apply We harbor justified unforgiveness. That is, I want to get even for past hurts caused. We look for signs of true repentance before we forgive. We often remind the other person of the need to repent again and again before we forgive. Listen carefully. You don't always have to be wrong to say to your spouse or your children, I am sorry. My relationship with my wife and my children is much more important to me than always to be right. Remember Matthew 8, 18, verse 34. It's not on the... On the if we do not forgive, we are delivered to the tormentors or torturers. And Mark eleven twenty-five 25 says, Unforgiveness blocks the promises of God. If you don't forgive... God will not forgive you. Isn't this beautiful? Listen, someone said, forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the hill that has crushed it. 2 Peter 3 verse 18 talks about growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growing in grace. Every day you live, you'll be presented with opportunities to grow in grace. And you must always be open and receptive to them. A certain grandmother, celebrating her 50th wedding anniversary, shared the secret of her long and happy relationship. She said, On my wedding day, I decided to make a list of 10 of my husband's faults, which for the sake of our marriage, I would overlook. I never did get around to to listing any. Each time he did something wrong, I didn't... uh, Each time he did something I didn't like, I'd say to myself, lucky for him, that's one of the ten. Now, there's a very wise lady. They say, a good wife always forgives her husband if she is wrong. Now, physical intimacy... Oh, someone's sharp here. Now, there's a sharp, there's, this is a wise lady. Physical intimacy may bring us together, but growing in grace will keep us together. So when someone upsets you, instead of responding with angry words or angry silence, remind yourself that God is giving you yet another opportunity to grow in grace And if you don't do so well with some of these opportunities, don't worry. He'll send some more opportunities and he will keep sending more until you get it right. Resentment is one of the most expensive luxuries you can indulge in. A deep-seated grudge eats away at your peace of mind like a deadly cancer destroying a vital organ. In fact, there are a few things as sad as a person who has harbored a grudge for years. And one of the secrets to a long and fruitful full life is to forgive everybody, everything, every night before you go to bed. So, my brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Get serious about the Bible admonition. Grow in grace. That is your responsibility to grow God will do the pruning so that you will bear more fruit now ladies I'm not going to skip you totally your duty you must honor and respect your husband and submit to him in everything as unto the Lord there's a saying that says The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. But it's not so. It is through his ego. (laughs) When you honor and respect your husband and you praise him and treat him like a king, he will respond to you and treat you as a queen. His love for you motivates your respect and your respect for him motivates his love for you. I don't know of any woman who will not respond to her husband's tender love and care. If my wife understands uh, my love language and I understand her respect language, then we can communicate. But when the woman gets when the husband gets home from work and she stands there at the front door with one hand on the hip and the other one wagging a finger, her face turning red and her eyes darkening and rolling them and then the uh, estrogen kicks in and the words just simply roll off her like, I've had enough. I can't handle the kids anymore. Now it's your turn. I need a rest. Instead, when hubby comes home from work you must look like as if you've just walked out of Vogue magazine. <laughs> you do a little jig when he comes in and uh, because your hero has come home. Do you know what that does to a man? My brother and sister, of my sisters, cookies pak. I One other thing that happens within the walls that destroy family is anger. Proverbs 22, 24, 25 says, Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you'll learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Proverbs 15, verse 1, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flair guys in 99% of cases of anger outbursts in marriage we men are the guilty party now what makes you angry or trigger angry outbursts occasionally we become angry for a righteous cause but 99% of the time we become angry because we are selfish We're impatient because we could not have it our way. And then it's easy for us to say, Submit, woman. The student said, I lose my temper, but it's over in a minute, said the student. So is the nuclear bomb, the professor replied. But think of the damage it produces. Anger lives behind closed doors. I seldom lose my temper at the office or public places, but always explode towards my family. I've seen that many young people, maybe you won't remember that old song. Uh, you always hurt the one you love, the one you shouldn't hurt at all. We usually explode against, towards our wives. And your family lives with it true you. Anger destroys the quality of our personal lives, our marriages, our health. Cutting words that hurt are like arrows from a bow. You cannot retrieve them. The damage cannot be undone. Frequent outbursts of anger destroys a home. Benjamin Franklin said, Anger is never without a reason, but seldom a good one. And James 1.20 says, A man's anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, what about our young children and our teenagers and our young adults? You are also part of the family, and you also have a responsibility to help build the wall of protection as well. Parents, parents, don't be so over that your children are disobedient. Rather be concerned by the fact that they watch their parents' behavior with hawk eyes. Even from a very young age, they are so sharp. Men, I've got 18 of them. Grandchildren. And they are so sharp. Someone quizzed some kids. 6 to 11 years old on marriage. First question was, how do you decide who to marry? Kirsten, age 10, said, no person really decides before they grow up who they're going to marry. God decides it all the way before. And you get to find out later who you stuck with. (laughs) Now, that is spoken like a true Calvinist. Hey second one is, what do most people do on a date? Martine, Martine, she's age 10. On the first date, they tell each other lies. And that usually gets them interested enough to go for a second date. (laughs) How can a stranger tell if two people are married? Agnes, eight years. You might have to guess, but I would say, if they seem to be yelling at the same kids. how would you make a marriage work? Bruce, 10 years old, tell your wife that she looks pretty, even if she looks like a truck. (laughs) Now, that's wisdom, eh? And then the last one, what do you experience when mom and dad has an argument? Jessica, eight years. When your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. (laughs) How blessed are a couple if they have godly offspring. However, when a child loses his or her way, we as parents can so easily experience a guilt trip. Remember, brothers and sisters, there are limits to parenthood. As we ponder the vital roles of parents in the lives of their children, our hearts full with appreciation for all parents. But what is our response when it comes to the crunch? Teenagers, young adults, all you vastly students, may I remind you again, you are also responsible for building the family walls. I quickly want to share a few thoughts, especially just with you. As an inspiration to follow the guidance of godly parents, up to the point where you can independently choose life in every situation you face. Regard these as your boundaries. We as parents can give you life, but we cannot live it for you. We can teach you things, but we cannot make you learn. We can allow you freedom, but we cannot account for it. We can give you all our love but we cannot force it upon you. We can advise you about friends but we cannot choose them for you and you will be known by your friends. We can advise you about sex but we cannot keep you pure. Just allow me a few seconds on this. Nowadays people want to find out whether they are sexually compatible before they marry. If you were meant for each other you will be compatible. If you try and find out whether find out whether you are compatible before marriage you are wasting your time breaking your heart and doing a lot of damage to your future marriage listen to your parents for your own safety. We don't mean to spoil your fun, but we love you and want to protect you. But now in closing, the male uh, species have borne the brunt of this message and just something to boost their morale, okay? Why are men so important? Hmm. you want me to preach this whole sermon again brother you're right at the beginning now Yeah. you can't spell madam without Adam in it neither can you spell woman without man in it you cannot spell female without male in it, you most definitely cannot spell missus without mister and finally in prayer we continue to say a and not a woman now, <laughs> and this is dedicated to all wonderful men now, of course it's customary in Shofar to make an altar call now uh, now I thought how would I do this, Uh, well I say all those whose marriages are a mess come forward, that would be too embarrassing or if I say who would like to get married there won't be enough space here so I'm going to do a bit differently just by show of hands who are all the married couples here and are you sitting to your own wife, or next to your wife <laughs> alright, now guys I want you to turn to your wife take her by the hands the let you come here my dear wife, you can't be excluded. Come here, my sweetie. Now, because men are a species with few words, look her in her eyes to do that. Turn to one another. turn to one another, and I'll give you a minute to tell her exactly how much you love her. Come on. Okay, guys, continue. Hold your hands. Hold your hands. Because now you're going to repeat after me. Hold your hands. haar die oog. Now you are going to call her by name. Whether it's Mary, Josephine, whatever. Call her aloud. I, I, I'm going to count to three. Then you mention your wife's name. One two, three. Delesti? Come, come here, come here. <laughs> I'm going to quote to you a song of songs, songs. And you have to repeat, gentlemen, you have to repeat after me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Delesti? Name your wife. You have captured my heart. I want to hear... You have, captured my heart. you have captured my heart My treasure, my bride You hold it hostage with one glance of your eyes With a single jewel of your necklace Your love delights me My treasure, my bride Your love is better than wine your perfume more fragrant than spices Your love your lips are as sweet as nectar my bride Honey and milk are under your tongue And now ladies as you look your husband in the eye Mention his name I will honor And respect you and love you, and I promise as of today that I will submit to you in all things as unto the Lord. I didn't hear that, ladies. Amen. Thank you for listening remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on show tv go to www.showforonline.tv to download and share